So welcome everybody. It's nice to uh, see human beings. I wish everybody good health. And in the uh, traditional blessing of Yotes Kislev, may everybody be inscribed and sealed in the learning of Hasidus and in the ways of Hasidus, some of which we've been hearing about tonight. So um, one of the great, as, as the evolution of generations of Chabad philosophy and Hasidus in general have come along, and especially in our generation, the Rebbe has illuminated many of the teachings of the past, uh, of the past Rebbe's, one of which is the, the power of the Shechina, the power of the feminine energy. So I had a whole speech, and then on the way over here, my wife said to me, just share your experience. Don't teach people, just share your experience. So I'm tapping into that feminine energy, and I'm going to share my experience. So there are many things that shape us. All of us are shaped by a variety of different factors. And um, some, some of the things that shape us are more dramatic than others. Um, at the age of 12, I lost my mother, suddenly. And obviously that became a significant, uh, that was a significant in my event in my life and shaped who I was. For the next, um, how old am I? I'm 48, 40, how old am I? I'm 48, 48. So however many years from the age of 12, give me that's 20, 36? 36 years. I've been trying to navigate that element of my life, um, trying to make peace with God and trying to have God make peace with me, navigating layers and layers of that relationship. But along the way, what's really happened is, you know, they have the stages of grief. I wasn't so much spending time on the stages of grief as much as I was trying to figure out who God was and how relevant God was in my life and how God factored into the events that I experienced in my life and so on. And I thought I had figured it out when I was about 17 or 18. And then Hashem's magical hand brought Dina and I to Atlanta and I was probably 23. I was the youngest rabbi in Atlanta. The oldest rabbi was Nathan Katz at Anche Svard. He was ready to retire. I think he was 91. I was the youngest rabbi in Atlanta. I became the, the new rabbi of the synagogue. And um, the following is a true story. I was sitting teaching a Torah class in 1998. And this uh, gentleman walks into the class. And he had a, a yellow face. What I mean by a yellow face, when you, when you come off the highway and there's somebody with a sign, they have yellow faces usually. They're, they're malnourished. They don't sleep in regular beds. He looked like a very unhealthy human being. But he came in for the class, and we don't kick anybody out. And he sat down directly across from me and sat there staring at me for the whole class, which, which affirmed for me that he was not from you know, our normal status. When the class came to an end, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. So he says, um, he started asking me some questions about the content of the class, and I saw he was a pretty smart guy, and he understood everything I had just taught. Fine. Then he says, can I come back next week? I said, sure. So he came back the next week, and the next week, and the next week. And one day, and we started studying together, and um, one day he shows up at my office, 
and he tosses me a brown bag and turns around and walks out. So I open up the bag and there is $5,000 cash in the bag wrapped in a, in a, in a, you know, whatever you call those, like in a circle with rubber bands around it. So my first thought was drug money. <laughs> so I called him up and I said, thank you so much. Where's this from? So he explained to me, which sounded legit, weird, but legit what his profession was. And some of you might know who he was, so I won't share any of the background out of respect for uh, him. And I said, okay, so what do you want me to do with this money? So he said, well, I'm tithing. You spoke about tithing at the class, and I'm tithing. I said, great. And um, then a few weeks later, he shows up and tosses me another bag, and there's $5,000 in it. And so this goes month after month. One day, and he started becoming observant. He started keeping kosher, started keeping Shabbos. He lived many miles away. He used to walk to Shulan Shabbos. And he says, look, you know, I'm walking really far. I'd like to find a place closer to the synagogue where I could uh, be easier to walk. So I said, you know, funny thing, I'm looking for a house as well. So he says, okay, great. He says, let's find a duplex and we'll, you know, I'll help you out to buy the house and we'll move in. You'll be on one side, on the other side. And it sounds like, like heaven sent. So we started looking. Now, if you know Morningside, there's not a lot of duplexes. We could not find a duplex. Finally, finally, after a couple of weeks, I found a duplex, and we went, we checked out the house, and we were sitting in the back uh, kind of discussing numbers. He was going to put down the money, and I was going to owe him this and that. And, and I said, okay, we have to take into consideration the, the monthly insurance. So he says, insurance? So I said, yeah, insurance. He says, well, if you believe in God, you don't need insurance. I said, what happens if the house burns down? <laughs> he says, anyway, he says, I said, when you get into a car, you don't put a seatbelt on? So he says, no. <laughs> so I said, well, God wants us to put a seatbelt on. Anyway, he stormed off, and that was the end of our relationship. I called my, I was, I was really distraught. The relationship was, was gone, but I was this young Chabad rabbi, and in six months, this guy flipped me $50,000. That was like, Wow. I could even use $50,000 today, but then it was like literally mana from heaven. I called my father and I said, what do I do with this? Like, how do I process this? So my father said, you're making a mistake. You are under the impression that you, you like this money was coming to you and that there's more coming to you. He said, you got it backwards. God decided that for these six months you were going to have this money. Say thank you. And now see what God has in store for you next. What happened in that experience for me was that all those teachings that I had learned in the books, I had to put into application. Fast forward many years later, 2018, it was a Shabbos morning and there was a young man who uh, had been coming to Chabad for a couple of years, started becoming observant would spend long Shabbos afternoons at the Solishes, studying Torah with Rabbi Solish, became part of our community. And one Shabbos morning, he didn't show up. And uh, by the end of the service, it became known that he was found, um, he had passed away from a, uh, a relapse of, a, of drug use. And um, it was a real devastation to the community. And what happened as a result of that cut to the chase, 
Um, his mother, who basically what she told me at one point is that when he turned 14, an alien spaceship came in and took their son. It was a different kid from the age of 14 on. And when he started coming to Chabad, they got their son back. And for three years, they had their son back. And she, you know, while she was grieving, she really felt blessed that he had found his connection to God and he found a connection to Judaism. And they subsequently, uh, when just all divine providence while we were moving into this building, gave us a significant gift, which was a, a real boost to, our, to the project in, in the early days of this project, and uh, hence Jeff's place. Now, why am I sharing these stories? While the stories shaped me and continue to shape me, and obviously hundreds and hundreds of stories in between, some significant, some very small, it's not so much that the stories shaped me. It's that each story became an opportunity for me to recognize that God is real in my life. And I would say that one of the things I've learned is that if I thought I had a relationship with God 40 years ago, I discovered 30 years ago that there's a whole different layer to that relationship. And if I thought I had that relationship 30 years ago, I've discovered that there's a whole different relationship that I had 20 years ago. And if you've been married long enough, in a good, healthy relationship, that's your experience. And for that matter, it doesn't have to be specifically marriage, although that's a, a significant relationship. But in any relationship in life, when you're in that relationship long enough and it's an important enough relationship, there's layers. There's layers that we peel away and we peel away and we get the relationship becomes deeper and more profound. And I think that this is the essence of what Tanya is about for me. Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Barditchev, who was a contemporary of the Alter Rebbe, when he received the published copy of the book of Tanya, he said the following. He said, Rabbi Shner Zalman, the Alter Rebbe, took such a great God and put him in such a small book. And at first glance, it sounds like a cute statement, right? He took a big God and put him in a small book. But I think the messaging is very powerful. It's not that God is stuck in the small book. It's that this great God is accessible to all of us. That's really the messaging. The great God that until then was a great God and he was great out there is now in a small book. In other words, each of us have the capacity if we, if we will it and invest in it to have a real relationship with God. And it's available right here in the book of Tanya. The, it, one of the, the core ideas, especially in the Rebbe's Chassidus, the Rebbe's teachings, is the idea of Pnimius and Chitzonius, which means the inner and the outer. And when I was younger, I understood that outer is like less than, right? Something that's on the outside is less than. But really, everything has an inner and an outer. The outer is the outer of the inner. So if you encounter the outer, that means that if you dig enough through the outer, you'll get to the inner. And that's our relationship with God. We may encounter our relationship with God as a young child and have what we might call superficial or an outer relationship, an external relationship with God. But as we peel away the external, we get closer and closer into that internal relationship with God. And as a result of it, what's fascinating is that 
it creates demands on us. It, it puts responsibility on us. Because if God is real in our life, then not only do we have to question how are we navigating our own life's journey in terms of my own stuff, right? But more importantly, what does God want from me? God put me on this earth. What am I, what am I doing here? And I'm not here just for me. Maybe I'm here also for me, but only really as I am part of the bigger picture, how I am supposed to show up to make God's world a more goodly and more godly world. So this is, um, this is how Tanya shows up for me. This is how Hasidus shows up for me. And it's, what's fascinating about it is that it's, it's every single day. And it's in every encounter in the day. These teachings, these values, they show up and they lend opportunity for us, for me, to have a deeper relationship with God and, and as a result, a deeper relationship with every experience, with every person, with every encounter that I have in this world. So my prayers and my wishes for all of us on this, uh, as we enter into this special yantif of Yotes Kislev and Chav Kislev, that we should, uh, we should explore our own connection with God through the teachings of Chassidus to increase in learning. Um, I know that there's multiple opportunities to study Chassidus, uh, study Tanya, to study Kabbalah and coffee, which is Hasidus, and many other classes to, to dig in, to uncover, uncover the godliness within yourself and that connection that each of us have. Good yontif. <laughs>